Hello there. You're listening to Sasitap podcast by Sashwat and Oscar, where you speak with startup founders, venture capitalists, and some of the leading talents in the world. We listen to their personal journeys and share their stories that shape their worldview. In this episode, titled "The Theory of Exponential Transformations," we have Salim Ismail as our guest. Salim is a Canadian serial entrepreneur, author, and a technology strategist. He is the founding executive director of Singularity University and the founder of OpenEXO, which is a global transformation ecosystem helping organizations, institutions, and people to transform and unblock abundance. Hi, Salim. It's an honor and privilege to have you in our podcast. Happy to be here. In your book, you mentioned that for exponential organizations, including startups, it is inevitable to have a massive transformative purpose and to think big. Can you elaborate what is a MTP and what makes a good massive transformative purpose? Yeah, that's a great question. We actually coined the term in about 2012 when we noticed that we were researching the top 200 fastest growing companies, and we found that every single one of them had an MTP. Like Google has organized the world's information, and Uber is everybody's private driver. And if you're starting a company, you really want to have a core mantra. That acts as the a north star, as Simon Sinek calls it, and answers the question: Why are you doing this? What problem? What fundamental problem are you trying to solve that will have you get up at 6 a.m. every day with excitement? The second reason it's really important is you use it to engage community and build a community around that MTP, which is also great for hiring, retention, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that's the second reason. The third is when you're kind of going through hyper growth. What you need at that point is is a very key, clear way of focusing, and an MTP gives you a very quick way of evaluating whether you should put effort behind this project or that project, and just keep moving very fast. And so those are two or three of the key reasons that we see. Now we're finding the paradigm is pervasive. Uh, millions of companies around the world have created MTPs. Paul Pullman, CEO of Unilever, ordered every brand in Unilever to have an MTP. And now the five most profitable brands are the ones that have leveraged it the most. And so the concept is really starting to bite all over the world. I think that's super interesting. This massive transformative purpose, this higher aspirational purpose, as you call it in your book. What I would like to know, Salim, what is your massive transformative purpose? What drives you? Uh, my MTP is to transform civilization. It's a it's a niche project, and the, what drives me is I noticed coming out of Singularity University and writing the book that we have what I call 20 Gutenberg moments transforming the world. You know, in the 15th century, the printing press fundamentally changed the world, and we now call that a, a Gutenberg moment because it so transformed society just by democratizing printing. Uh, in that case. But today, think of solar energy. Well, that's a Gutenberg moment because it changes everything. AI is a Gutenberg moment. Blockchain is a Gutenberg moment, and we have—I think—we have 20 of them hitting us at the same time. I think this is instigating the biggest transformation that we have seen in the history of mankind, and a transformation where we have to leave behind all of our old institutions by which we run the world, which don't work in this new model. Education is broken. Journalism is broken. Monetary systems are breaking, etc. And we have to come up with a completely new way of thinking about society, and that's what our ecosystem is focused on doing. Awesome! I actually watched your TEDx Toronto event as well, where you were talking about how do we fix civilization. Excellent talk、uh, on that. 
In your book, you also talk about this doubling pattern, doubling effect. So how can a startup or a, or a SaaS company recognize this pattern and utilize it? Yeah, so it turns out that when you have an information-based technology, like Moore's Law was the very first one, but now drones are doubling every nine months in their price performance. Solar energy is doubling every 22 months uh, and has been doing that for 40 years, uh, by the way. Gene sequencing is doubling every six months. If you're doing a startup and you pick a breakthrough solution layered on top of these technologies like drones doubling every nine months, then your underlying solution will double every nine months. And therefore, it gives you scale. It started with Amazon Web Services, where you could take computing off the balance sheet and make it a variable cost. And that gives us infinite flexibility and scale. And now we can really leverage this capability. And the really key definition of an EXO is one that's found a way of dropping the marginal cost of supply exponentially. Because we've done that on the marketing side, where we can now do good marketing and acquire customers at very, very low cost. If you can drop your cost of supply, that's why the market cap explodes on all these new companies. What I found interesting, you mentioned that there are these game-changing moments, right? Gutenberg moment, blockchain, solar energy, things like that. How can a company keep up with these new technologies and not be left behind in today's rapid change? Yeah, so there's a bunch of ways of tracking these. Singularityhub.com uh, is a is a kind of a TechCrunch type stream of stories like this. Futurism. Uh, Peter has a newsletter called Future Loop. Uh, Peter Diamandis uh, that is constantly putting out stories about this stuff. I think the key is once you get your head around, there's kind of three thoughts. One is anything information based tends to hop on a doubling pattern. Secondly, once that doubling pattern starts, it just doesn't stop. It just keeps going, which is really surreal. And the third is that these technologies are all intersecting in interesting ways. So you take crypto, that's just, uh, or Bitcoin, that's just an intersection of computation and cryptography, right? Or CRISPR is a similar kind of intersection of two or three. The LiDAR unit if for autonomous cars is intersecting about three technologies. By the way, when you intersect two or three technologies that are all multiplying or all doubling, then you add another whole multiplier to the equation. So watch for doubling patterns and know that if you have an information-based environment, that just keeps going. So uh, let me give you a small example. If you went back 10 years ago and asked how many people had heard of 3D printing, very few people had, right? Today, people are much more aware of 3D printing. It turns out 3D printing is 32 years old. But when it first started, the doubling pattern was like, I can print 0.002 widgets an hour. Then two years later, it doubled to 0.004 widgets an hour, and then 0.008 widgets an hour, and everybody ignores it. Then it gets to like 0 0.1, 0 0.2, 0 0.4, 0 0.8, and now we call it a black swan. So you can actually spot these happening early, very, very consistently, which is, I think, Ray Kurzweil's genius. And then you can layer products and services because you know it's going to continue. So in our community, there are many startups, many SaaS companies. What are the top tips you would give every startup, every SaaS company to leverage the opportunities the new world brings? It's actually really easy to be too early to a marketplace, right? Google wasn't the first search engine. Uh, it turns out winner doesn't take all. It's the best that takes all. People thought you would never unseat Yahoo. And then we thought before that we'd never unseat AOL. And then we'd never unseat Facebook. Facebook is doing a pretty good job of trying to acquire its disruption by buying Instagram, WhatsApp, things like that. So it's very easy to be early. I think the key is to find an area that's growing very fast and come up with the value proposition that will drive the next three to five years. 
And I think SaaS is an amazing place to be just because all the domains that are transforming in the world are moving from ownership to access. And when you have access as the key paradigm, then a SaaS model is very, very powerful, a subscription model. I think my favorite example is the music business where there were eight major music studios selling scarcity. They were selling DVDs and CDs and cassettes and at $20 a pop. And then we digitized music. They've all pretty much disappeared. And you have two platforms selling abundance of music, iTunes and Spotify for like $10 a month. That transformation we expect to see in domain after domain after domain. And I think this SaaS world is perfectly set up with the payment systems, feedback loops, digital marketing, et cetera, to really thrive in that world. Great insights. I've been in your OpenEXO community for a while, Salim, and I enjoyed the interacting with few global experts as well. It seems that you are building one of the largest network of international coaches as well, who would be transforming enterprises as well as impacting CXOs at all levels. Could you share some thoughts on those as to why a top-notch sought-after international coach will come on the EXO platform from the traditional coaching platforms like maybe BetterUp, Degreed, or Everwise? Sure. So those coaching platforms are super important. We don't want to replace those. We want to complement because you take, say, uh, Vern Harnish and the scale-up model is super important for managing your company. What we've noticed is that the organizational dynamics of new organizations uh, mean that all new organizations will have elements of EXOs in it. In fact, as time goes by, if you are not an exponential organization, meaning you're purpose-built, purpose-driven, scalable, flexible, agile, you just won't succeed because somebody else will use those elements um, um, more efficiently than you and leave you behind. So if you have to take on those capabilities and it adds to the body of decent coaching models around the world. The reason we're going for the scale is that we, if you look at my MTP, transforming the society at scale is going to take kind of a pretty large army. And we need a very, very large number of highly qualified, experienced folks to do it. So we're cutting our teeth in the private sector, helping companies transform. The next element is public sector and helping governments transform. And then after that, we'll go after transforming our institutions like journalism, education, legal systems, healthcare systems, etc. So I have glanced through Exponential Organizations, your novel as well, Salim. For our listeners who haven't gone through it, could you share one or two nuggets from those pages as well? Yeah. So the book is actually doing remarkably well. In fact, it looks like sometime next year, it will crack the top 10 best-selling business books ever list, which is kind of nuts. So my publisher is very happy. My my wife is less happy uh, because of all the travel uh, that I've had to do. There's a few key things. One is that there's a chapter called Insights and Implications, chapter five, and we lay out nine kind of headlines. I'll just touch a couple of them. One is beware the expert. Many times the experts in our company will tell you how not to do things, right? I have a section in there called death to the five-year plan, uh, meaning by the time you've finished your five-year strategic plan, the plan is out of date and you spend all your time maintaining the plan. The third is you have to have an MTP and that allows you to then keep a very small resource footprint and use a set of capabilities like leveraging community or dashboards or algorithms or uh, lean startup thinking to scale very, very fast. What we found is kind of a combination of all of them gives you a perfect organization structure that's agile and flexible and purpose-driven. And if you have that and are able to implement it, then 
nothing pretty much can stop you because if something blocks you, you just experiment around it. We now have companies that are running on nonstop 11 projects on an ongoing basis, representing each of the characteristics in the model. And every quarter, they just re-up the projects and they're transforming their companies that way. So Salim, uh, what were some of the books that inspired you in your journey? I've heard in your TEDx talks as well that you refer one or two books. Are there some of the books that really inspired you in your journey? Probably the iconic one is Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Good to great. Some of Simon Sinek's work on purpose-driven organizations is very powerful. Peter Thiel's Zero to One is really worth reading. It talks about the harder the problem, the less people want to go after it. And therefore, you have a greenfield where it's really hard if you want to build a better marketing engine. There's a thousand people trying to do that. Uh, better off trying to go to Mars because very few people have the gumption to do that level of insanity. So there's some really important insights in that one. But maybe the most indicative and influential is Abundance by Peter Diamandis, which came out also out of Singularity and somewhat inspired me to write EXO, just because it talks very clearly about how the world is going from scarcity to abundance. And you think about every business for 5,000 years is pretty much selling scarcity, right? If you didn't have scarcity, you didn't have a business. In the luxury world, you create artificial scarcity. You only create so many Ferraris or Hermes bags and things like that. And now we're moving to a world of abundance. And what does the world, what do business models look like in that world? It's probably the most important insight for people to think about. Like energy will be abundant by the end of this decade, something that's been scarce for the entire history. And all of our biology, all of our social systems, all of our business structures, all of our institutions, all of our government functions are all focused on managing and optimizing scarcity. And so it's a really big ask to ask institutions and people and business structures and government procedures to suddenly flip over 180 degrees to operate from a new paradigm. And that, that's the work. Awesome. So closing remarks from our end, uh, Salim, is that you have mentioned it's a decade of the EXO from 2020 to 2030. We'd love to hear a little bit more around those as well. Yeah, so I think what's going to happen, we're right now getting ready and working on the second edition of the book, which we're doing as a series of public webinars. And we're also making our training courses free so that anybody can go take them. And if you want to be certified, then you pay a small fee and we'll check that you've done the work type of thing. And so that's the starting point where you have a basic, huge available model. I think we are focused on the transformation of private sector, which COVID has accelerated for us. The next two, three years will be focused on public sector. And the next two, three years after that will be heavily going after the institutions globally. When we think about people in individual transformation, we think that's kind of a pretty rich area and it's been well done already by Tony Robbins and now psychedelics and other things that allow you to transform the individual. We think the real work in the world is now to transform our legacy structures, which aren't set up for it. And, and you look at Brexit, Trump, et cetera, this is our failure to transform these old structures. And if you don't fail them, you, you fall over. And I noted in my talk that, you know, if you look at civilizations in the past, the Romans, the Incas, the Mayans, they all got to a super sophisticated level. They hit a boundary condition and they all suddenly collapsed. If you talk to the Yuval Hararis and Niall Ferguson's, we're kind of at that point now. So we better figure this out. And that's the work that we think needs to be done. So we're going after it. Thanks, Salim, for uh, speaking to us. And for our listeners, if you haven't read Exponential Organizations, you should definitely give it a go this year. Thanks for having me.